The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi, welcome back to the Mighty Whites podcast. This one's episode 44 and it's all getting a little bit tense. Uh, I'm Jack, and once again, back out of the country, this time for the foreseeable future, we've got KC. Ah! Sorry, tense. That didn't come across as tense, that just sounded like a nervous squeal. Like tweak? Yeah, there, there is too much pressure, but it doesn't take much for you to feel under that much pressure, in fairness. No, I buckle at the, the slightest bit of pressure. Yeah. Speaking of buckling under the slightest bit of pressure, Patrick Bamford's penalty against Millwall. <laughs> now, uh Obviously, in the end, it was a good win, 3-2. Uh, but I thought Millwall were pretty good for this, particularly for like opening 20 minutes. Yeah, they actually played some football against us. Um, we we took a bit of time getting going, and, and to be honest, like you'd have to say they were worth the lead when they when they went ahead. Yeah, uh, they got in down the left a few times. Uh, Alioski and Harrison... Linked up fairly well going f- forward. I mean, Harrison didn't have much of a game, but they linked up okay going forward. But defensively, they, they didn't seem to get it together in the same way. Like, Harrison didn't cover for Alioski as well as he normally would. So they got him down that side a few times, and one of them got in and good cross. Ben Thompson had a pick up foul, had no chance with it. Uh, quick chance to get us back into it. Alioski won a penalty, but uh, it was a really poor penalty from Bamford. That was a dreadful penalty. And it was one of those where I think we were all kind of wondering who was going to take it because last time, last time we had a penalty when Roof wasn't on the pitch, that's when did Bamford take it, but Tyler Roberts really wanted it. Uh, yeah, Roberts and Hernandez both kind of made errors towards it, but Bamford won the argument, and he's because he scored that one. I figured he'd then stay on him. Yeah, and it would. This penalty would kind of be a reflection of of his afternoon, I think, of uh, just lacked any conviction behind it at all. Just side foot, not particularly close to the corner, not particularly high or low enough to get it past the keeper. Yeah, he had a he had a really just overall poor game. He's, his hold-up play wasn't good, his movement wasn't good. No, I don't know. It's it's always going to be a bit more difficult when you're up against a, a six-foot-five central, central defender, but he, there was there was very little about his game. I think he, he basically got bullied out of it fairly early. Yeah, but uh, luckily we had some other players playing well. So made it 1-1 for Hernandez. Uh, this was a good goal, played ball forward well and Click got ailing in behind out right. His pullback and Hernandez sweeping finish into bottom left-hand corner. This, this was another goal, the instance of uh, the creative midfielder in you and the forward in me thinking very differently. Me thinking ailing needs to be drilling it to the edge of the six-yard box. Whereas you picking your head up, looking for the man, making the late run on the edge. Yeah, yeah. he was very good with those runs in this game, Hernandez. Uh, I think once we got the equaliser, Millwall playing well came to an end and we just started to get completely on top. Thought we finished the half on top and we started the second half on top and then Barry Douglas, who was hobbling around a little bit in fairness to him, but he gave the ball away and then missed the tackle and all of a sudden it's a four on two against his defenders. Cooper dives in, gives away a penalty, and it was... I Honestly, I had my Leeds eyes in somewhat rotten from the stand because I thought it looked like a eight dive until I saw it back and it was definitely a penalty. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw this one straight away. Because Obviously, I got to make it to this one. And 
yeah, I, I thought it was a penalty straight away. It was like you say, it was just one of those. They broke quickly, and Cooper just made a, a rash decision. And unfortunately, it, it cost us. I think yeah. this a de- decent penalty this time as well. Peacock Farrell again, not a whole lot you could do about it. Nah, he, he just had to guess away, didn't he? Because it was right in corner, so. But uh, Bielsa's change really worked, particularly considering that Douglas was injured at this time. It was very brave to... I mean, he obviously said he could carry on, but it was brave to take Janssen off instead and put Clark on. Yeah, we had... Because um, Philip, Phillips dropped in, and then did Forshaw come on as well? Uh, I think he did. That happened later, I think. Yeah. But yeah, we ended up going with almost an, a, a, a four-man attacking midfield at this stage. Which is yeah. quite nice seeing. Hernandez would just drop in a little bit deeper at times. It was weird because Clark didn't actually get on the ball that much, but because Millwall was scared of him, they were favouring him with marking and it was leaving room in middle and on left. Yeah. Uh, and equaliser came from left as well. It was a good tenacity from Harrison because it really did look like that ball were going out of play comfortably and everyone stopped except him. Did really well to keep it in. Yeah, it was great. Like you say, in that sort of situation, it's really good to see that they were... No, let's keep this in play. Keep the pl- keep the chance alive in there, you know, because we were already in the penalty area. We weren't far off the six yard box at this point. And then, yeah, super Luke Ailing with a, a brilliant header. Yeah, a really good header. It was a really good cross from Douglas as well, especially when it turns out that he had like a knackered knee ligament at the time when he did it. Oh yeah, he's when you think of it this way, he's playing that game while he is simultaneously out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a. You know, it's good. It's a really good cross considering. And then late winner for Hernandez. Uh, Tyler Roberts did really well. Beat his man. Got to byline. Another good pullback. Hernandez arriving late again. Slides it home. And we all went mad. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was really mad. In in what could prove to be maybe the biggest minute of the season. It was insane. The comparisons going on between uh, the game, uh, Allen Road, and the game was it Ashton. It was at. Ashton Gate, wasn't it? No, Sheffield no, uh, United were at home, it looked Brownland Lane. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, within a minute, they, they'd gone behind and we took the lead. Yeah. It wasn't just that either. I mean, in this, it was the team that lo- the team that ended up losing went 1-0 and 2-1 up, and Sheffield United also went 1-0 and 2-1 up. It was, it was brilliant. Everyone furiously refreshing the phones, trying to keep on the score, and... I think now, ever since, ever since you kind of finding out about the the Manchester City game, as back in '95 when Nal Quinn's having to run down the touchline, go, boys, no, we need we need to get a winner. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got no trust of anyone telling me the score now. No, nah, true. Well, in fairness, with that, they did tell them the correct score. They just didn't know the rules. They thought it was enough. Um. But yeah, it was it's an incredible turnaround, and unfortunately now, as as we'll kind of come on to each week now, I think more and more we are watching the Sheffield United games as well, and crossing every finger and toe, and praying to whatever deity you may or may not believe in. Marcelo Bielsa being that deity, of course. Well, the yeah. deity. <laughs> there was a. Uh... There was basically the main com- topic of conversation out of this game was was that Pablo Hernandez's best ever game for Leeds? I so I don't know if we we came away from this one 
being a bit harsh on Hernandez, I know. Well, I said it wasn't perfect. I ended up giving him a nine and a half because he he it got swept under the carpet. But there was a 15-minute period in that second half where he got the ball in about six good areas and messed it up every time. Mm. So it wasn't a perfect performance. I, still, I mean, it's still a nine and a half out of ten. It's a brilliant performance and he... But the thing with this game, it wasn't so much... I think he probably has had a better game. But mm. the difference in this game was there were a lot around him not having good games and he basically picked everyone up and carried them on his back. And that's what was so impressive about this. Very much a case of uh, uh, if you can keep your head while all those around you. <laughs> um, you will be a mason. Cut <laughs> <laughs> it 10% off. Mm. I, I mean, I personally kind of still probably look at the West Brom game as his best game. Uh, you know, I think and and I think yeah, maybe the thing that kind of pushes the Millwall game ahead is like you say that's he he was he was pulling that team along toward, you know, especially towards the end. Um whereas the whereas the West Brom game everyone was firing on all cylinders. We were, you know, that's one of the best team performances I've seen from Leeds in god knows how long since the derby game. So two months. Yeah, it, but <laughs> as, as much as it was a bit ropey, I, I thought it was a fully deserved win. Uh, you had 3-1, I had us getting beat 2-1, obviously, because that's what I do now. Uh, but unfortunately, having had that nice swing, got back ahead with Chevy United getting beat, we then went to Birmingham and really just didn't play very well. No. Again, a tough, tough afternoon for Bamford. It was. I, I'm with, I'm with Bielsa on this one. I thought he played a lot better than he did against Millwall. It's just that because against Millwall, he never looked like he would ever get involved in the game outside of a penalty. Yeah, it, it was good that he actually had some chances. Yeah, his hold up playing stuff was all right. He just missed a couple of really good chances, and it was still a poor performance. But it was better than the other one, I thought. And in fairness, when Roof came on, he was no better. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I. I I think with Roof coming on, I think it was, it was almost a bit late. And I know with Leeds, you can never rule it out, but I, I kind of felt by that point the game had almost gone. Leeds, yeah, we just we never got going. They, again, were just very well organised. It was amazing the, the speed at which the goal came as well from Cross going into Bamford, hitting the post. And then it, it was just 30 seconds up the other end and 1-0. Yeah, it was a really poor pass that we played out of defence. For he just gave it straight to Magoma. Like there mm. was, he missed everyone by five yards. It was a really poor pass, and it, it was a decent finish from Adams. It's like I felt after the game, I was like, oh well, Leeds should should have had one or two there, but I thought Jay Adams could have had another couple as well. Yeah, Casilla pulled off a few big saves, especially towards the end in the second half when uh, if they'd have got a second, it, it would have entirely finished the game. He, he really. Gave us the best sort of chance he could. Yeah, he was a he was definitely his man at match in that game. It's like the stats show it as like Leeds and Birmingham had identical sort of xG. So you could argue maybe we deserved a point, but I don't think we did. No, no, we created a couple of chances, but uh, the, outside of um, I think it was Bamford's second chance that forced um, the forced the save and, and won a corner. The save was the third chance. Was that a third one? Yeah, he had the left the left foot one against the post, the right one the right foot one that he skied, and then the header was the one that he saved. Oh, that was it, yeah. The but I think that header was probably our best chance. It was I think it was his only shot on target. And again, it it comes it comes again down to um and I'll tell you what this game reminded me of. Um 
the first time we, when we played Southampton just after Neil Warnock had taken over and oh the the one good game we had under him <laughs> yeah and we and we lost one nil and Housen is now had, had done the picture where it was basically like 20 Southampton defenders on the edge of the penalty area and Clayton trying to chip a ball in down the middle. Yeah. It's kind of what this amounted to of teams sitting back and and us not really knowing how to deal with it that well. And unfortunately, we, we don't seem to be... We don't seem to take as many shots from outside the area in, in these sort of situations or are willing to, to give it a go anyway. And I understand we've got to start with a particular style of play, but I'm not I'm not saying that the answer is to hoof it into the box every time, but every time we're looking to get it wide and then find, you know, pick someone out on the edge of the area. Um, and Birmingham were just set up, like I said, very well organised and, and were able to deal with it fairly comfortably. Yeah, it was uh, another case of a struggling against a team that plays 4-4-2. Mm. Dropping Phillips into defence, which you know takes away some of his passing range. It also means Click has to drop deeper, which doesn't suit him. I still think that if we're going to have to, if we're in a situation where we're playing against a four-four-two, which uh, we probably will be against Chef Wednesday, even though he played really well against Preston, I would argue that if we're if he's going to drop Phillips into centre back and play three-three-one-three, I'd, I'd play Forshaw instead of Click. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you get a lot more industry out of Forshaw in there. I just I don't think Click's a deep midfielder. No, he's he's not. And yeah, I like I think for sure I'll probably do the, the more def, uh, you know more on the defensive side. But I think he's got a better range of passing than Click as well. I th- you know I think Click offers a lot going forward, but I think not quite on the level of Phillips. But I think Forshaw's sort of passing from from that deep line position into wide areas is is much more valuable than than what Click brings in that area. Yeah, uh, evened it up for this podcast. You had a one nil win. I had us getting beat two one, which is annoying because I don't want any points. <laughs> uh, but then Tuesday night, uh, second away trip at season, so I'm still allowed to go. Two uh, nil win at Preston, fully deserved. Uh, two goals for Bamford. Who I'm glad to see him get a couple of goals. He cupped his he cupped his ear to fans because which I'm perfectly fine with. Chris Wood did same. If you're getting some stick, no problem giving it back. And apparently before I, it was before I got there. But apparently in the warm up when they're having shots, there was some at fans kind of ironically cheering whenever he scored one in warm up. So I don't blame him for giving a bit back. To be honest, I, I like to see that. Too. <laughs> yeah, it was a good performance. Good to see after a couple of. Of shaky performances, uh, it's probably the nicest way to put the last two. And even if, even with the red card, we we were still on course. I think to to get something from that game. I think I think we were getting in behind quite well and creating a few chances. Pearson, he got booked about five or six minutes in, didn't he? He's he's mental. Him, he's like to the extent that he's a liability. I looked it up beforehand. It's that's 14 yellows and three reds this season. And by the time this suspension's over, he'll have missed 13 games through suspension this season. Wow. We thought Janssen were bad. He very rarely got sent off in that period, did Janssen. It's just yeah. yellow cards at every game. But as, again, as a, as a as a ball-winning midfielder, you can't get a yellow card six minutes into a game. It's, you know, all, all of a sudden that just takes everything out of your game, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I agree with that. I thought Leeds would have won this game without the red card anyway. But after the red card, we were really quite comfortable. Uh, Bamford's first goal is a great goal. So I I phoned my mum at halftime during the game. And the, the it was my, my mistake. The, the phone call went on for about 35, 40 minutes. And my mum my mom was watching at home. And the feed I was watching was, was two minutes behind. Yeah. So I was getting my mum's commentary on on these goals, which she she's not classically trained in any way. She's not from the John Motson school. And uh, after the second one, it was great. She was just there. She was watching it, and she's like, "Oh, that's, yeah, it's a really good goal. That it's oh a header." Yeah. <laughs> and there's me there watching. Going, "Mum, we're on our we're on our you know on the edge of the eighteen yard box here." Yeah. No, it was a it, it was a good header as well from Bamford. A good cross from Click as well. Mm. Made it pretty easy for him. Uh, I thought that in this game, all his midfield was really good, which helped. Well, the central players mostly. Like I thought Phillips was really good. I thought, although Hernandez was playing from the right, he moved around all over. Click was good. Roberts was good. And I think that that made it easier. It wasn't one of them having to carry the load. They were all at it. Yeah, I thought. I I kind of especially noticed there was some good link-up play on the left-hand side when, like you say, um, I think Roberts would drift out there at times. Uh, obviously, you've always got Alioski bombing for Harrison doing well. I think kind of those three especially linked up really well to, to create a lot of space on that side. And it was helpful. We were playing against a team that weren't, again, just trying to defend from the from their 18-yard box. They they set out to, to try and win the game from the off and and we we were able to take advantage of the space they left. And, and Preston, they had a few corners in the first half, but there was nothing, there's no real serious chances I, could, I can remember them having. No, they had one decent one in first half that got deflected wide and they gave, and they gave us a goal kick. Yeah. But that, that was about it, really. That was when Alioski did one thing of looking at the referee, knowing full well it was a corner, just a little shake head, yeah. walk away. Like, nah, mate. But yeah, did we you know we were back to our kind of free free flowing selves, creating chances, and it, it was it was a bit sad that Bamford couldn't get a hat trick when he had that one on one towards the end. I was hoping that the goals had given me his confidence back, but that one on one doesn't give me hope that it has. <laughs> he went through and he had you could tell he had one thing in his mind the entire time, and that is I'm putting this keeper on his ass and I'm chipping him. <laughs> and then when he didn't go down, he had no idea what to do. Uh, you could almost hear you could almost hear it through the TV. Him just going, because uh, I mean, it's not like it was a great, a great challenge or oh, he just got in with the block. He never actually had a shot. No, <laughs> he, he he just slowed down. Yeah. So, but hopefully he'll uh, hopefully he'll get another couple in upcoming games. It was weird at the game. I am about eighty percent sure, and I didn't ask because I didn't want to know. I'm about eighty percent sure that I was stood next to the guy back and to the left in the East Stand Upper. Because he was the angriest man watching a football match I've ever seen. Like, he was fuming from minute one until about ten minutes left. I I really had the urge at the Millwall game to turn around and just say to him, like, mate, if we'd done everything you said this season, we'd be at best mid-table. We're second. You're upset at us being second. Yeah, but it was like really off on one, like having a monumental level of goal at the referee, who I thought was fine. Yeah, I can't say 
a whole lot about the ref, to be honest. But the thing is, it wasn't just like words. It wasn't just like, fuck's sake, referee. It was long diatribes. All of it angry. It was, it was almost beautiful in a way. <laughs> but God, an angry, angry man. The second he stopped shouting, really nice guy. And to be honest, he wasn't not nice when he was shouting. He was just really, I think he just, it's the stress of it all just really gets to him. Mm. But yeah, yeah, and I then wasn't uh, next to him in the end because I moved out into the stairs as you do at away games because there was a kid. So I just gave him my chair so he could stand up because he couldn't see sod all. And the kid, the yeah. kid so nearly went flying when second goal went in. <laughs> he like jumped on his dad and I don't think the dad was expecting it. And they're both... So- Sorry, I've just, um, <laughs> just started thinking of... Um... Oh, which one is it? I think it's the last Naked Gun film where, oh, what's his name? The guy who uh, O.J. Simpson plays, where he kind of falls from the stand at the the baseball game. And you can tell it's like a mannequin that's just been thrown off the edge of the stadium. But I just kind of imagine that, this kid just flying out. It's quite a steep stand, is that cop as well. Yeah, it was, it was it was fairly steep. It's a uh, Preston Stadium is wrong, by the way. I don't know if you saw. I put something about it on Twitter, but both this they have obviously the seats are numbered, but their rows are numbered as well, which is just wrong. In row five, yeah, it's just it's just incorrect. I don't like it. Uh, the only uh, it does it it does seem a strange way to do it. Yeah, it was a it was a relatively subdued Leeds end. I mean, it was still where all the atmosphere came from in the ground, but. You could tell that people had worked before they came. I think you can also tell that people are absolutely starting to brick it now. Yeah, properly. It was. I think there's nerves in there a lot as well. Serious. Well, as usual, though, we got we we got our regular praise from Preston Police for our, for our behaviour after the game. They love us. Yeah, they do. I think they just like the number of followers they get. Yeah. That was the other thing I was thinking, especially with um, with Bamford scoring. Some magical places, Deepdale, to go when, if, when you know you're struggling for a goal. Obviously, I went there and got to see uh, Billy Painter's first goal, and a Neil Kilkenny Thunderbolt. Uh, you go and you get to see Patrick Bamford get a couple after after a rough few games. I don't think that you can put them in the same bracket. I mean, Bamford, oh, he had a couple of bad games and dropped to like the ninth best goals per minute ratio in the league, <laughs> and now he's back up to fifth or something. Billy had literally zero. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of literally zero... Billy just needed a goal. Damn it, you ruined it. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking oh, of literally zero, that's how many points I got, because I went for a one-all draw and you had a 2-1 win. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's for, me, that, for me, that's this season wrapped up now, surely. Oh, don't even jokingly say I've that. Got, I've got... <laughs> no, no, I'm talking for me. Ah, well, that's very possible. I think that you're definitely strong uh... favourite this year. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take that at this point after after last season, after my performance in the league last season. Yeah, and then obviously that's Leeds done, but last night uh, Norwich drew as well, but I'm just assuming they're going to win the league, so I'm not really bothered. Uh, but she- Birmingham got a draw with Sheffield United. If they'd have won, I'd have forgiven them for beating us. I don't forgive them, I just hate them a bit less. But that means we've five, <laughs> five matches left. Uh, Norwich 85 points plus 34 goal difference Leeds 79 plus 26 Sheffield United 78 plus 30 Bielsa had his press conference a couple of hours ago and he basically said 
we need to win all five. Now, we, we, that's obviously just what you need to say. I, I doubt that we'll need to win all five, and you've got to target winning all five. Mm. But how many do you think we'd need? Looking, looking at it now, I looked at their fixtures yesterday as well, the, the Sheffield United fixtures. I think theirs are probably a touch easier than ours. Yeah, theirs is better than ours. I, I think we're going to have to win four. I was just thinking, I think 12 points. Would, yeah. I, th- I think if we got 91, that'd be enough. I'm just I'm just going to look at Sheffield United's fixtures. Because the thing is with Sheffield United, like they're home to Millwall, I can't see them not winning that. At home to Forest, yeah. I could see Forest getting something because they have got some good players, even though they're not great. Hull away. Hull are a lot better now than they were. Then they've got Ipswich at home, which they'll win about 9-0. Mm. Uh, and then away at Stoke on last day so hopefully Nathan Jones can call on the power of Christ again <laughs> but like we'd be I think we'd we'd be unlucky if we got 91 points and didn't go up yeah I I look at this and looking at our our games left one Chef Wednesday this weekend which fortunately it's at home but it's still a tough game Matt because they're they're a different outfit since Steve Bruce took over and they play 4-4-2 yeah and then second to last game of the season is Aston Villa, which again... And they're in really good nick. Yeah. According to most pundits' predictions, because they've all done one of it last week and stuff, most of them had Leeds v Villa as the playoff final. Ugh. Which I wouldn't fancy. No. Uh, I hate football. Yeah. There's only, uh, there's only one team that I want to see in any sort of playoff, and that's the under-23s in the league playoffs. And speaking of, uh, yeah, since last game, there's a uh, 23s have played twice. Uh, they beat Burnley three-one in quarter-final at Cup. Leif Davis, Ryan Edmondson, and Hugo Diaz with goals. Uh, the they've got Newcastle, who they had in group stage in the semi-final, and it's played at Geisley on 23rd of April. So if if it all works out, I'm hoping I might be able to go to that. I, I will not. No, you won't. But. It'll probably be a 7pm kickoff, so that's, what, 11am for you? Yeah, I was going to say, it's a Tuesday night, I've got practice, so... I mean, say, are you coaching around about 11 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday? No, I should be alright, I should be able to watch that one, actually. I should be uh, I should be fine. Cool, and then they beat Ipswich 3-0, uh, which I didn't realise how good a result it was when I was first watching it, because I, I had the commentary on very low. Uh, but Ipswich have won the PDL South... So mm. either they had a load of players missing or the North League is stronger than the Southern one. Oh, we're just brilliant. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Clackador and Ryan Edmondson, either side of a goal for Barardi, which was great to see. Yeah, who smashed that ball that was behind the goal away. Yeah. Oh, I'm so really angry. Scored. Now I've scored a goal and now I'm even angrier. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a bit uh, tomorrow gets by like... Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Get in. I'm going to kick something else now. Yeah. At least he didn't take his boot off and try and throw it at the fans. That'd be really funny if he did it, to be honest, into the south stand with there been no one there. Yeah, and then send a ball boy in <laughs> after it and then batter him. <laughs> um, I, I, actually got, I actually saw the highlights for this one as well. I'm really impressed with uh, Clark Adore's goal, that chest and then, for, and then volley straight after. Yeah, we're lovely a little bit of football with really that. Really good control. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Edmondson with his now customary goal for the 23s. Yeah, I believe that's 17 now. He's on fire at the moment, it's Ryan Edmondson. Get him in the team. He's he's going through a great patch. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know yeah, why is Bamford playing. Put the seventeen-year-old lad up front. <laughs> Five games left. Chop the kids Trying to in. secure promotion. <laughs> Only leads that. We're, we're not playing really well. We'll put the kids in then. Oh, it's getting tense. This promotion race. Put the kids in. <laughs> FA Cup final. Yeah, just put the kids in. It'll be fine. Oh. Oh. Uh, well, only other real bit of news is uh, the accounts for last season came out. Lost 4.3 million, which in the standard of the championship is pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, take that, Aston Villa and Birmingham. And about 10 other clubs, to be fair. Oh, yeah, there's, it puts us quite favourable. Uh, we had, like, the highest income for anyone who doesn't have parachute payments. Uh, operating loss were about 20 million, but selling Chris Wood and 1.3 million for Josh Warrington fight helped. Yeah, you can see why the club want to utilise stuff like the stadium more. Obviously, if the if the Josh Warrington fight is bringing in over a million pounds, then you can understand why they want to get Kaiser Chiefs in again. Into uh, you know, I don't think it'll make that sort of money, but utilising the stadium in a in a period when it's not going to be used, and as as much as you don't want to think about it too much as a, as a football fan. As you've got to try and generate as much revenue wherever you can. If you've got a venue that you can use like that, then you may as well. If it can bring in a few hundred thousand for hosting a gig there or putting some boxing on, then they go for it. Well, things that go together perfectly. Marcelo Bielsa's style of football. And let's just have all the rugby teams play at Ellen Road. Can we have yeah. the NFL as well? Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah, it works out so well for Wembley. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but in terms of news, there really hasn't been much. So uh, I'm already shitting myself about this game, and that's ridiculous on a Thursday. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, Chef Wednesday at home, our five kickoff on Saturday. Uh, obviously, Chef United will have played at three, so we'll know before the game starts what they'll have done. Uh, they're tenth with 59 points from 41. Yeah. Mm. Tenth reads a lot better than it actually is because they they've like you say they've been in quite good form the last couple of months yeah i managed to find one of them tables where it lets you set the start date and since first of feb when he took over they're fourth and we're fifth from there they've oh. got 24 uh. from 13 games uh last five uh one two nil at bolton one four two against blackburn nil nil at stoke got beat three one by villa and one three nil against forest uh as as i mentioned earlier the last five games they've played four four two uh, they've rotated Lucas Yao, Nuiu, Stephen Fletcher, Winall, Hooper, and Forestieri. They've all had a go. Main one appears to be Fletcher. Fletcher's got ten. Yao's got nine. But they're all people who can. They're all all right at the very least. And if they put Nuiu and Fletcher there, I could see us struggling if they knock long balls into Nuiu and Fletcher. Not, uh, not that I want to be particularly reactionary about that. But do you think that if you do play, if you do go three at the back, do you think that's maybe a time to bring in someone like Arpa Halmer to play in between Cooper and Janssen as just a more physical unit to deal with that than, than dropping Phillips in? I, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd think about it more if we were away from home. Mm. Because we're home, I think we'll have enough of the ball that it's worth it to have the extra passing ability. But I would definitely if we if we do play through at the back, I would definitely start for sure ahead of Click. I don't think he will. Well, in fact, I know he will. He's already said the team will be unchanged. And, and Click's 
started every game this season, I believe. Yeah, as I say, I, I, as I, say, I don't think he... I didn't think he would, and I've just remembered he actually said in the press conference that it'll be unchanged. I wonder if it'll be unchanged on the bench as well, because one thing we didn't mention was uh, Jordan Stevens got on the bench ahead of Jack Clark for the Preston game. Yeah, he's, cause he's, he said that was down to Clark played for the under-23s. Well, no, he said, Phil Hare said it was tactical, and then just happened to mention that Clark played for the 23s. But Jordan Stevens played for the 23s uh, okay. as well. They played 45 oh, each. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah, it was. I mean, to be honest, Jack Clark, the last couple of games, hasn't had his best games. I would always have him in there, but might be a little kick up the arse moment. Once again, no Izzy Brown. Oh, he, he's never playing for us, is he? Ever again. No, no. <laughs> he'll, always have, he'll always have QPR. We'll uh, have to do some sort of mural about the under-23s for him. Um, yeah, that's just... I mean, at least he's deserved, if you know if, if the under twenty three has come away with a cup medal or something like that, then at least he's he's fully deserving of of one of those. Yeah, definitely. Um, back to Wednesday, they've got some fairly good attacking mids as well. Obviously, they could play for Estieri there if they don't play him up front. Marco Matthias is doing quite well. Adam Reach is solid, but also has a worldy of a shot on him sometimes, as we saw in first game. It was the week afterwards as well. He had another one, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, George Boyd has apparently picked up some decent form and they've got that Rolando Arons on loan from Newcastle that looked like being really good a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, they've got a walking yellow card in midfield with Sam Hutchinson. He's a bit he's a bit Ben Pearson. Just he's a bit cleverer, so he just gets booked instead of sent off. Yeah. Uh Barry Bannon, who I've always rated. Uh Josh Onham is decent. I've no idea who this last player is. Oh, Joey Pelopes here. He, he, he is on the list of midfielders. I've I've seen him play, but he's never stood out enough for me to remember anything about him. They get him in from the Brooklyn Mafia. Yeah, but <laughs> I should, we shouldn't have said this because now he's going to score. Hey! <laughs> Joey Pelopes! <laughs> I said the third race! <laughs> Uh, at the back. You want me to give him the clams, boss? <laughs> there we go. We've got Simpsons referencing and stuff now. We'll be all right. Uh, defensively, blame Tom Lees and Dominic Iorfa. Pretty decent. Michael Hector's pretty good as well. Uh, Liam Palmer will probably play right back. Pudel and Fox are like backups now. And Kieran Westwood's back in goal, having not been allowed to play for the first, you know, two-thirds of the season. They decided to stop playing the reserve goalkeeper. Yeah, to try and prove a point and decided, oh, he's actually a better goalkeeper than him, isn't he? We should yeah. probably just play him. Maybe he just looked at him and thought, he's too small for this. I can't be having this. Yeah, I don't I don't care that he's been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> I'm not having a five-foot-ten lad in goal. This is madness. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good team. It's sort of... It's got some decent quality in it. It's just... They've got like half of a good side and the other half is all right. Mm, that front line though, as when you went through that list of, of strikers, it's it's not what you want to see. Yeah, they're still recovering from the stockpiling from a couple of years ago when they had nearly all of these and also Jordan Rhodes. And... <laughs> yeah, you look at that and you, you do kind of wonder to yourself, was Harry Redknapp in charge of Chef Wednesday? <laughs> I think... Because it's a list of strikers that definitely reads that way. Yeah, they're a side that you should beat, but it's not an easy one. Um, obviously, you have to have faith in a team as good as ours, so I'm going to go 4-2-0 to Chef Wednesday. With each passing game, I'm getting closer and closer to your way of thinking. 
and to be honest, I don't know if it's my for my own mental stability of just going. I, I, if we lose, and I assume we're going to lose, that's better than losing and assuming we're going to win. That being said, I, I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with a two-one win for Leeds. Cool. Uh, then we move on to Good Friday, three o'clock. Wigan. There's no Good Fridays left this season. They're all bad. Any game. Yeah, because we're, we're too busy being nervous about the Saturday now. Now. Uh, yeah, they're twenty first in with a real shout of getting dragged into going down forty one from forty one, but they're sl- they're dead last in the away table. They've got seven points from twenty one matches, one win, four draws. That is very much the form of which Leeds United look and just think, hang on a second. It's the sort of form you read that about a team coming to Ellen Road about the away form, and you just think, oof, eighty eighth minute. Oh no, Michael Jacobs. It's oh, what was it? Because it was QPR hadn't won in six, and then didn't win again. Yeah, and then Birmingham had lost five on the bounce and beat us. This is very much Leeds. It's very much if you ever hear like a team's won one in nine, you just think, I bet that one's Leeds. Yeah, and it, it pretty much always is. Uh, I, I went through their formations. They've actually been changing a bit because the first half of the season it was just four two three one, no matter what. They have changed it around a bit, but it has always been one up top. So we should be back in this proper formation for this, you know, unless Hart's actually been paying attention and just goes with two up front because I, I genuinely think that might be a thing to do. I haven't even written down all their squad because most of it isn't really worth worrying about. Joe Garner's got seven goals up front and he's apparently been in good form lately. They've got Liam, Leon Clark as his backup. Shea Dunkley's a decent centre-half. They've got three decent attacking mids and wingers. Michael Jacobs, Nick Powell and Josh Windass are all fairly talented. Mm. But their, their standout player by a mile is Reese James. Like he uh, Apparently Chelsea are on about actually playing him next season, which of course I'll believe it when I see it. But he's... It, to be that much of their standout player when playing right back that they've just gone, ah, we're just going to play you in centre mid because you're way too good to be stuck at right back. And since <laughs> and since then he scored a screamer and got a couple of assists and been man at match in like three of their five games or something. Yeah, I think I think we're good in this one. I think almost regardless of the way Wigan play, you'd look at this at home and just think, I think it's yeah, you know, it was one of the few things about Bielsa that. That, that does annoy me at times is obviously his the thinking of if they play two up front then we'll go three at the back and there does get to be a point when you look at teams and go no what I don't know why we're catering to Wigan's formation I do wonder if he might not do that against Wednesday because mm. there has been some games where he hasn't done it but just he was so he was so um, committed to doing so against Birmingham that's what's got it in my head yeah. But I suppose when he didn't do it at home to Birmingham, that didn't work either. Well, in that case, we just might as well go 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. <laughs> just completely new system. These are a, This is a proper, sh- really should win this and should win it pretty comfortably. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. I, I'd, I'd, and this should be the game where... We still haven't really done it this season. This, need, this should be the game where we get four or five... Yeah, it's weird that the only time we've really done that and properly just dominated and won was West Brom. West Brom and Stoke. Yeah, but on the opening day of the season. It's... I know, but in the end, we only won that by two goals. It's the same with the. Uh, oh yeah. 
Like, I suppose Derby away as well, 4-1, that was very convincing. But this is one where we should be doing stuff like that. It really should be, you know, win by two or three goals. So I'm going to go with one all. I'm going to go with a, I'm gonna go with a 4-1 win. Cool. I, never get any, I never get anywhere near with those predictions, but... Yeah, um, and then finally, a couple of days later, Easter Monday, on telly again, quarter past five kickoff. Uh, as it's a three o'clock game, I'm guessing it's not on the telly the Wigan game, but I'm, it must be on Red Button because it's on the Friday. Oh, maybe. So there should be plenty of streams for you out there. Good, good thing for me is I get to go to the, the show in this at the pub. Uh, sorry, the show in the Chef Wednesday game at the pub on uh, on Saturday, and then I'm hoping, you know, hopefully, you can get uh, get out to the pub again for the Brentford game. Uh, I would have thought so because we what's that quarter past nine in the morning? Yeah, there shouldn't be anything superseding it. No, I know that I know for for sure the Chef Wednesday game is on. I've checked that one, so I'll go in and have a nice uh, breakfast with a cider. Hmm. Oh God, I'm going to be so ill until the end of that game. Yeah, yeah, it's getting a bit like that. Um, Brentford are weird because they're very up and down. Obviously, they had that shocking run of form uh, after Villa nicked the manager. Uh, but they have sort of turned. It, they've still been having poor results, but it does. But they also had some really good ones as well. Uh, their last five, they got beat one nil against West Brom, nil nil at Wigan, got beat three nil at Swansea, three three with Derby, and then they beat Ipswich two nil. But beating Ipswich, they really should. Uh, their last five games were it's always three four three wingers cutting inside and wing backs overlapping. Mm. They've got some for a team that's fourteenth in the league. I look at their squad and think they should be way higher. Yeah, because they didn't. They didn't really lose. Obviously, um, Wood moved to Stoke in the summer. That was the big one. Yeah, the, the, when the when they lost Woods, that that really it it didn't hurt him immediately. It took a little bit to kick in, but it did hurt. Mm. But it's not as if the the squad was gutted or anything from from the summer. No, I mean Morpe up front's got twenty two goals and seven assists. Playing either side, it'll be two of Saeed Benrahma. He's got 10 goals, 14 assists. Sergio Canos, 6 and 4. Or Ollie Watkins, who's got 10 goals and 6 assists. So it's a good front three. Mm. We've got, uh, it'll probably be Romain Sawyers and Matt Macoccio in midfield. But they've also got Josh McEachran as well. Yeah, Josh McEachran's been there uh, a couple of years. A very well-established championship player at this point. And like you say, looking at that attacking lineup. The, good stats there so it kind of it doesn't read well of the defensive end of the team now um, they've been playing Henrik Dalsgaard at right wing back and apparently he's been really good and it's been Odebarjo at left wing back but I think that the only reason he's ahead of Rico Henry is because he was out injured for like 15 months or something wasn't he yeah when he looked really good at one point so whether he'll be ready to come back in or not I don't know uh, they had they've got a couple of options at centre back, but it's mostly been Johan Barbe, who's got a really good left foot for centre back. That Esri concert that they got from Charlton, who I really like. And the one I don't know much about is Julian Janvier, because obviously he's replaced Chris Meppham, who's gone to Bournemouth. Was it? It is Bournemouth, isn't it? The Sam Meppham, because it was about fifteen million quid or something. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because it, when they had Meppham, if they had Meppham. Uh, Barbe and Conser, that would have been a really strong back three in the championship. But you've, we've just gone through that team now, outside the goalkeeper. Where... Oh, speaking of, apparently Daniel Bentley's in, been injured a while. I don't know if he's going to be back by this point. So Luke Daniels has been playing. But Daniel Bentley quite often drops a bollock against us. So Yeah. But you've gone through that team and all over the board, you kind of think, 
it's a decent team. And yet you look at that that run of results and it's it's nothing to really fear. I think if they'd have kept the same manager, they'd have been in playoffs this season. I really do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm, I'm going to say we win this 2-0. Uh, I'm going to say that we lose it 2-0. Good. Well, well, one of us will be proved right. Unless it's a draw, then neither one of us will be. And then we'll both feel like idiots. And then we'll both be sad. Well, no, because if I'm right, I'll be very, I'll be fucking devastated. <laughs> Uh, like I said, now we're at the point where we're just also, as well as these three, just staring at the Chef, uh, Chef United game, praying for just draws and defeats. Yeah, I mean, uh, in over the course of those three game weeks, uh, Chef United will be Millwall, uh, Millwall at home, Forest at home, Hull away. To be honest, if they draw one of those, I'd be quite happy. Yeah, it's that's thing now, because... I mean, it's not absolutely done for West Brom, but they've dropped a decent amount behind now. What is it? Eight points now that they are nine points behind us. So you yeah. you won't really have to think about them too much. Although it's now so much, it's not so much. Oh, how many points do you think Leeds need? Because obviously you just have to go to win everything. But it's more just can we match Jeff United? Yeah, that, that's it. We just. It'd be great if we could just win all five games, but... But I just you just don't see it happening. No, not at all. No, but like, it's one of them like, if we beat Chef Wednesday, it's a good result. But if we beat Chef Wednesday and they draw, the Chef Wednesday result becomes a great result. Yeah. Brentford away is a tough game and we have a shit record there. And, but if we draw there, it's a bad result. Unless Chef United draw as well and then it's a pretty good result. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> everything needs context now. I miss, I miss Ross McCormack scoring 30 goals in a season that meant absolutely nothing. It was simpler times then. I didn't have to worry that much. We weren't going up. We weren't going down. And Matt Smith would occasionally score a header. It was brilliant. I was never stressed out. Yeah, I am. It is getting ridiculous how stressed I am now. I've, it's been such a long time since I felt like it. Because I, I didn't even feel this nervous going into the League One promotion. Oh, no. That wasn't nearly as bad as this. That was, And that was tense because that was weeks of us nearly going up and then all too briefly dropping into the playoffs but no this is this is another level now i've never known anything like this no like we're five games from the end of the season and i'm worse than i was like on the morning of the playoff final against donny i was uh i was trying obviously you'll know who this is but i was trying to convince a liverpool fan that our game on tuesday was bigger than their champions league quarter final well, that's because it was. They were only playing part of. That's a game they should win easy. <laughs> it's only, only quarter final. You get another crack at that. We don't get another go at Preston. <laughs> <laughs> Stop watching yours and whack Sky Sports action on. <laughs> uh, Mark Young still away on his honeymoon with text me saying he was watching the football. I went, oh, they've got Leeds on in Cancun. And he was like, no, Champions League, mate. Ah, ah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think that is fair enough. He was he was saying that this is his first experience of watching um, of watching football with Americans, which uh, as as I've tried to put across a few times, it's definitely an experience. Uh, just in there with with a lad, just looking at going, wow, that was a goal. <laughs> so, uh, so it is actual Alan Partridge, just with a different accent. That was a goal. 
it's amazing sometimes. I I love it. It's it's a completely different experience, but it's enjoyable. Bless them, they try so hard. Yeah. Well, hopefully these free games are enjoyable. Like, oh God, mm. please let them be enjoyable. <laughs> Because the only way they're enjoyable is if they're good results. Yeah, you're not coming away from a one-all draw thinking, oh, we played really well there. No, you can, you see, that's that's the good thing in like September and October. Ah, we deserved more out of that. We played well. This, there's no deserved anything. It doesn't make any difference anymore. I'd snap your hand off for five shit performances that have all won no wins. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that'll do us. Uh, Obviously, that game's Easter Monday, and then the following one is back to Saturday, so we'll probably try and get in on the Tuesday. We'll be nervous wrecks by then. We might be nervous wrecks, or we might have lost all three and it's over. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll be all... just alcoholic at that point. <laughs> we'll just be all calm by that point instead. Just a, a seren- you know, a calming serenity is, has taken over the podcast, as Lisa's promotion hopes have gone up in smoke. Yeah. Jack and Casey have discovered a new level of calm. Yeah, and a big jar of mescaline. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that will do us for episode 44. This might actually not get out till after Chef Wednesday game just because everyone's busy as fuck. Uh, but if it does, and it does. And I have absolutely zero editing skills. Yeah, if it, if, it do, if it does, it does. It's not end up world. It'll get out. Uh, but yeah, that'll do us. Uh, we're at Mighty White's Pod on Twitter, at Mighty White's Podcast. Com, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at THIU, it's all LUFC. Uh, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm too nervous to even do fucking plugs here. <laughs> it's two days away and I'm already shitting myself. This isn't the way to live life. This no. isn't good. But I, uh. I do get this thing in back in the head that just goes, yeah, but if it goes well, it's going to be like the best day of your life. Uh, and then I'm going to be able to look forward to it, like being able to say it to our lass or so, like say that she has a kid and goes, is this the best day of your life? And I'll just go second. <laughs> <laughs> second best day. The, the, the annoying thing is now I've, I've played the whole situation out in my head. I've already gone, well, if we don't go up, that's it. Bielsa's gone. The best person to ever walk into my life is now left again after a year. Barry Douglas is crocked. Patrick Bamford might not score again. Kemar's going to... Huddersfield, when they come down, spend a stupid amount of money. Where's my cider? <laughs> right, anyway, that'll do us. So we'll speak. So I know just short of two weeks until we're back, I reckon. So I've been Jack's here. I've been Casey, trying to stay calm. Trying and failing, trying and failing. Hopefully that's not what leads do. In a bit. Uh, bye. Bye.